welcome. It's uh, me, it's John Park, and here we are, and this is John Park's workshop. Hi, how are you today? Uh, hope you're doing well. I'm gonna adjust the light, because I'm seeing it, wow, way bright. There, we just turn that a little bit. Uh, so, wow, have we got some cool stuff to look at today. Uh, as you know, I've started to get uh, full swing into Halloween preparation, because it's September already, so we just have like two months until the big event, right? Uh, and before we jump into that, into that project today, however, uh, let's go over a couple little things. Um, first of all, the first one I wanted to mention, let me bring up a little browser window to accompany this, a little uh, bit here. Let's see. And look, it's that. It is uh, Adabox. So Adabox is coming. Uh, and in fact, I had a note here. What did I want to say about it? Uh, so it's Adabox 13. This means lucky 13. It's a Halloween edition. Uh, and if you join now, there's a few spots left, I believe, uh, but not many. So if you join now to receive Adabox 13, it's going to be shipping in just a couple weeks. Um, full of cool stuff, curated Adafruit projects. Uh, or products, rather, with projects to accompany. Um, and it's all going to be very relevant to your Halloween, I think. So um, check it out. If you're already a subscriber, you can subscribe a friend. Give it as a gift. Um, and also, my I don't know why my browser is flipping out like that. Are you seeing that? Mine's like flashing. Maybe it's just because it's some spooky Halloween stuff. But uh, if you haven't done it already, go head over there and check out the subscription. Uh, Adafruit. Uh, ships out the Adabox quarterly, um, so you can sign up and then keep keep it going all year round, and you will get very cool stuff delivered to your door. Uh, the other little piece of uh, business I wanted to take care of is to mention the Adafruit job board. Um, if you're not familiar with it, jobs.adafruit.com is a place to go uh, to check out job openings in the maker world as well as to post your own resume if you're looking for work. Uh, and here's a, here's a little example of some of the positions that are uh, looking to hire someone. Some of these are full-time positions, some uh, involve staying right where you are, some have to be in a particular place, contract work, freelance work, uh, and so on. So go check out jobs.adafruit.com where you'll find an entirely free jobs board. It's free for you to sign up, it's free to post your own uh, resume, it's also free to post uh, job listings if you're looking to hire someone. So please, I encourage you, go check it out. Uh, let's see, what else have we got going on here? Um, I have a, uh, a little coupon code I wanted to plug for you there, and it is this, walleye, which if you're not familiar, that's a kind of fish. Um, we're fish-themed here today. Do you see down at the bottom it says fish heads right there? Uh, so walleye, W-A-L-L-E-Y-E, -L -L -E -E, is going to get you 10% off in the store. So head to Adafruit, go to the uh, products link, look at new products or feature products, or just scroll through by um, categories or search for something in specific. But if you find some stuff you want to get, uh, as long as it's not gift certificates, subscriptions, or software, if it's real physical things, you can get 10% off of your entire order with this coupon code, and it's good for 24 hours, roughly. Expires tonight at midnight, Eastern Standard Time, so not quite 24. Um, and you know what? Since I mentioned the coupon code, let's talk about a product of the week. So my product pick of the week this week is this really cool 
Neotrellis case kit. Uh, so this is an acrylic enclosure for, let me pop up a little window here, for this guy. So this is the Neotrellis driver board. And uh, in there, I know I've, I've got it a little dark just so you can see the LEDs. Um, in there, I've got the Neotrellis driver board. I've got a Feather M4, so you can see this has been updated. We've had uh, some of these in the past that were the um, UNTS for the older trellis. Let me up my exposure there so you can see that a little better. Um, there you go. This one has been updated to use the, uh, the Neo Trellis, which is the RGB pixel one. So you can see I've got different colored pixels here, uh, depending on uh, what I've coded into the software. And uh, this is running a circuit Python uh, program on this Feather M4. So now we've got connectors for the Feather M4. This one also has space to hold a battery if you want to make a mobile project. Uh, for example, if you're doing things like USB, uh, or rather uh, Bluetooth MIDI, that's a, a, a sort of an option where you might want a wireless little controller box to send uh, some MIDI information. Uh, and it actually comes with this top on here, but I thought it looked kind of cool without, so I wanted to show it both ways. And there is the hardware you need, some uh, M3 screws and standoffs to screw that all together, uh, as well as M2.5 screws to hold in the featherboard. So that is the little acrylic uh, case kit for your Neo Trellis driver board and a feather. Uh, and you can use different feathers in there. Most of them will work. Um, I've got the Feather M4 in there. Another popular one would be the NRF 52830. Uh, um, I think some people might be using ESP 8266s in there. But anyway, that's my product pick of the week. Um, and you know what that takes us to is a little thing I like to call the Make Code Minute. All right, let's bring up a little Chrome browser window here. And uh, let's, uh, let's get all good and set up. Where'd that one go? There's that. There's a me, and there's a this. And I'm going to slide something out of the way and a new thing in. Let's see if we can still, yeah, we can still see all that pretty well. It'll be a little tilted. All right. Uh, so. For the Make Code Minute today, what I want to talk about is how you can graph the analog input read on the Circuit Playground Express from an external controller onto the NeoPixel ring that's built right onto the Circuit Playground Express. And this is so dead simple. It, it requires so few blocks that I'll build it right here from scratch. So first of all, hardware-wise, you can see I've got my Circuit Playground Express, and then I'm using alligator clips to connect to a potentiometer. Now, you can connect just to the legs on a regular potentiometer, like the ones we sell in the Adafruit store. My daughter actually suggested I do something with little bits today. Uh, I asked her what I should work on for the Make Code Minute. She said, use some little bits. So uh, I've grafted in alligator clips onto a little bits potentiometer, but it is just a, a basically a vanilla potentiometer. So here's how I'm going to set up reading that potentiometer inside of make code. I've got a forever block, and then I'm going to grab from the light category this graph block. So I'm going to bring that in and drop it into the forever, forever loop. And what this will do, uh, if you hover over it, it'll actually give you a tooltip that says display a vertical bar graph based on the value and high value. So what I'm going to enter as the value I'm reading is from this pins category, 
this analog read pin A1. That's the one I have it plugged into. And now if I upload that to the board, I've already uploaded it, you can see that as my analog values go up and down, the NeoPixel ring will graph that just like a little uh, VU meter kind of thing. So that is how simple it is to read an analog sensor and graph the values onto the Circuit Playground Express NeoPixels right inside of Make Code. All right, well, let's take a look at another uh, make code related thing while we're over here. And this is the um, section that I like to call the game of the week. So for the make code arcade game of the week this week, I've got, as you can see it here, Chomper. Uh, and this is a game brought to us by, I want to get the name right. I believe it's Miles. I'm checking for your name, Miles. Oh, my notes, where did you go? Yes, so this is the game Chomper from Miles Watson, and he posted it here on the uh, MakeCode uh, forums, forum.makecode.com. Oh yeah, there's a name right there, you can see Miles Watson. Uh, and so this is a Pac-Man clone done right inside of MakeCode. So if we uh, jump over to the, uh, the link in this, if you click this link right here, it says launch it in beta. Uh, this only works inside of the MakeCode uh, beta version, not the release version right now, Make Code Arcade. Um, and so let's first of all give it a little play. So I'm going to launch this and right inside the browser simulator I'll hit A and I don't think you're going to hear sound on this but we've got some uh, chomping sounds as we eat these little dots and uh, let's see what happens if I run into a ghost. Uh, I'm going to lose a life and I can hit A to restart and it's got multiple levels in it. So now we're ready to move on to the next level. And check this out. This is a, uh, a larger scale scrolling board level. Oh, here comes another ghost. I like how the ghosts have teeth. It's terrifying. Uh, so, hey, here's another guy. So let's have a look. Okay, I don't want to die. Oh, I'm going to die. Uh, let's have a look at something I thought that was very cool, very impressive. So um, how are these ghosts following the... Um, Oh, sorry, I've left that icon up there. Hope you could see the game. Uh, how are these ghosts following around inside of the maze? Well, this is a bit of um, advanced work that Miles did. If we look in the code, uh, I had a look around in here and I saw uh, a block for ghost movement. And it said... Let's see, it's using a block called maze. Where is it? All right, I'm gonna have a hard time finding it in the blocks, but that's okay because where it exists is actually in JavaScript. So I'm gonna click this icon up at the top over for JavaScript. And in here, I can actually just do a search for the word, maze move. So you'll notice here, this is a function uh, while game is running and it is checking for uh, the ghost's existence, and then it's using this testing.maze move. So this is not a normal extension. This was actually built right inside of Make Code. If I click on the categories here, there's one called testing, and there's a category called maze move. So when you're digging deep inside of a Make Code game, you can click on 
the Explorer here, and you'll see all the different bits of code that make it up, including in this case, here's this custom.ts. Uh, and so if we look in here, let me close my little search window, uh, and I can zoom this in a bit. Let me hide the simulator as well. Uh, this is the custom code that Miles wrote that is doing the maze, uh, the math of the uh, ghosts following the maze around. So if you want to look at the JavaScript that is this particular um, sort of upgrade to uh, the engine, it is all right in here. So this is uh, custom code that can be created and it will present itself as either um, code you can use in JavaScript or in this case it also shows, also shows up as blocks right under this testing, uh, checking for the centers of tiles and also using this maze move map. So I haven't explored it deeply. I haven't made my own uh, game with it yet, but I'm looking forward to doing that because Miles has created a very cool functionality that allows the enemies to traverse this maze. So uh, that is my make code pick of the week, and it is called Chomper. So really nice work. All right. Uh, so let's see. I'm going to see if you can put up with my air conditioning noise for a little bit. I know it's going to get loud. But it is really dang hot this week in Southern California. So I'm going to have some delicious sparkling water and carry on. Okay, so uh, let's see. Now let's, let's get on to uh, talking about our project for the week. So um, I'm also going to check in on my um, Discord friends over here. So, by the way, if you're uh, hanging out and watching the show over on Twitch, or uh, I think we're over on the LinkedIn Live, uh, as well as YouTube and a couple other places, a lot of the discussion is going on over on our Discord channel. So, go check that out if you're interested in uh, chatting with people. Um, howdy. Hello. So, um, it's never hot in SoCal. Oh, boy. So, um, good. It, it sounds like you can probably still hear me. Um, so let's jump over to the workbench, and I'm going to show you this project of turning a fish head uh, costume mask into a more realistic eyeballed version of it. So um, let's go over to the bench cam here and bring up my main cam. There we go. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to be right in the path of the air conditioning, which is really nice. You might get some wind noise, but... Uh, Hopefully you can still hear. So um, this is what I'm starting with here. So this is a Frank the Fish mask that you can get at a uh, costume shop. And um, you probably won't be able to hear me as well in a moment because I'm going to put this on. But uh, what you'll notice about this kind of mask is that I can still see out through this mouth, this kind of catfish mouth. And so the eyes up here are just decorative. And ugh. Um, so that means that they're uh, a really good target for us to go ahead and adjust um, the eyeballs and take out these sort of dull, uh, not animated eyes and instead drop into their place a um, monster mask. So the thing is about this monster mask, um, it has uh, sort of a, a limited range because it's actually designed at the human interocular distance or interpupil uh, distance. So it works well for some masks like the one we did last week with our baby doll, uh, doll face. 
Um, but check this out. We've actually designed the monster mask so that it can be cut apart and still used. So what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll plug this in so you can see it working. And I, I have one of my um, demo eye patterns on here that looks kind of like camera irises. But you'll see. So I've got, I've got code running on there. Um, and this is the state the monster mask comes to you. So what you do if you want to break this apart, I'm actually going to put on some safety goggles just because I don't want to get um, any chunks of this uh, fiberglass PCB in my eye when I cut it. Actually, put on some glasses here. And um, so what I can do is just take some diagonal cutters. Uh, you could also snap it using uh, a pair of pliers if you want. It's uh, pre-perforated, so it comes apart pretty easily. So what I'll do is I'm just going to start it right here. And uh, what you'll probably notice, let's see if I can get a little closer. No, that's as close as we're going to get. What you'll notice is that it, it generally seems to snap almost the entire way off as soon as we start cutting it. So there you can see it's, it's almost entirely off. I'm just going to come around from the other side and snip here as well. Um, this can be a bit traumatic to do the first time because it's this uh, really nice PCB of yours and you're now hacking it up. Um, but what we're going to do is we're actually going to lose this functionality of the little um, booping nose. That's the only downside to doing this. Okay, there we go. Uh, pretty straightforward. You can go in and smooth this if you want right now. Um, I'm not going to do it just because I don't like to file um, fiberglass without putting on some um, protection, some breathing protection. And with, with my fans blowing here, I don't want to get any of this stuff in my eyes. Uh, but you can if you want. You can smooth that down a little bit just with a file or some sandpaper. Um, and now what we're going to do is take the uh, nine pin cable, and we sell these in the store. This is a JST. SH size, a really tiny little size, nine pin cable that will allow us to reconnect the two halves of the board, but now with some distance and some flexibility there. So let's plug that in and let's grab this other side, do the same. Okay, that's all there is to it. And now this is electrically and data-wise uh, the same connection as we had before. Plug that in and turn it on. And now everything that we were um, sending across from one side to the other side of the board. Uh, do I have you turned on? I just turned it off. <laughs> turn it back on. Is going to uh, run across those wires rather than across the copper traces. So now we've got a uh, a pretty nice distance here that will work really well for uh, doing this type of fish eyes and other side of the head uh, action. And so what I decided to do is take the uh, fish eyes off. So I peeled off the fish eyes. And then what I've done is, I can turn this inside out, you'll see it a little better. Zoom out just a little for you. So I've cut out uh, the eye holes on the original fish, and then I've taken our, uh, these are our little 40 millimeter plastic lenses, and I dropped one in there. Uh, and then I uh, actually glued it down with some E6000, which also goes by 
A pretty similar, similar formulation, might be identical, I don't know, is, is this stuff called Goop. So if you find Goop or E6000 in your hardware store, uh, this will work great. Do it in a well-ventilated area, though, because this, the fumes of this are really noxious. I actually, yesterday, about a half hour after I was working with it, I think I had a dried bit of it on my finger, and I wiped my eye, and my eye was stinging and burning. So um, that was dumb. I should have washed my hands or worn gloves, but be careful with this stuff. Uh, however, it does work great uh, after you let it cure. You can let it cure overnight. Um, the I think they say 72 hours is the full cure. 24 is... is a good starting point. So I've let this cure. I glued this a couple days ago now, I think it is. Um, so with those in place, then we can uh, place our eyes up against them and we'll be able to view them uh, really beautifully from the outside. Now, before I go and make that attachment, let me show you the custom eyes I made. I'll come up here and let's see, I'm going to turn off the AC again. I'll brave that for a little bit just to see because um, I'm a bit closer to it. Let's uh, take a look at the overhead here. So what you'll see here is this is an eyeball pattern uh, that I made. It's actually, I, I, if you saw the guide I did on uh, customizing your eyeball patterns, check that out, because what I did was I started from, uh, I think, a blue eye iris that I had made, and then I did some uh, modifications to it and used a, a, essentially like a smear brush to push the iris striations sideways. Uh, then I re-distorted uh, it into a circle and applied some speckling to it, so I, got, I used a noise filter, so I ended up with a lot of little dots in it. Uh, I was looking at reference from a speckled trout eye, uh, even though this guy's more of a catfish, and then undistorted it. Uh, long story short, we now have a pretty cool uh, looking fish eye. And let me try to refocus that. Do you want to focus? I don't think it's wanting to focus anymore. Okay, I'll hold it right there. Um, in fact, let me go full screen like that. I'll go over here. There we go. Um, so. I'm actually using a really large setting on the iris, um, and I put the same texture as the sclera, and it, it's just a, a little bit of the edge of it towards the back as the sclera. This is almost entirely iris, um, so there's a couple ways you can do that. I'm going to experiment more with those. I've also, you can see, made a really large pupil size on here, uh, and this seems to make for, for a good fish, uh, fishy-looking eye. So let's, let's go back over to the workbench, and um, I'm also going to try to brighten up that main cam. I don't know if that was my camera setting or my exposure setting, but I can should be able to boost that. That's a little better. There we go. Um, so let's let's head over here. Hide that from you. And I'll show you how I plan to attach these. I haven't attached these in here yet. So there's a, there's a few options we have. Um, so the first thing I did uh, in preparation for this was I used some rubbing alcohol um, to wipe off the powder because there's usually some powder on the inside of the mask that's uh, either from the, the releasing of this from its mold when it's manufactured or they put it in there to help people wear the thing without it uh, grabbing their hair. Um, so I've, I've taken some rubbing alcohol to get rid of uh, alcohol so that I can 
stick either some double stick foam tape or some Velcro to this. Um, Velcro would be ideal because then I can uh, put it on and off, pull, you know, pull things out if I want to. Um, so here, let's try this. I'm going to cut my Velcro down into a couple of strips. And let me give you that full screen of that. A couple strips of this Velcro. And then if we take a look at the boards, they're going to sit here like this. So I'll take um, this Velcro and peel off the adhesive backing here. Another option we have is to use the mounting hardware. So um, there's a kit. There's an acrylic kit for holding the lenses in place to the um, monster mask and you could essentially mark and cut the holes in the mask and place this from the outside. It actually kind of looks, uh, it has sort of a fish look to it. It's kind of a monstery, fishy, feathery shape. So it wouldn't be terrible to have that on the outside, but I wanted to see first if I could do it uh, without any external mounting hardware. So uh, let's, this is always harder than you think it should be to get this. There we go. Uh, so I can place just a nice big piece of Velcro right here in the corner of the uh, monster mask. And then I'll place the other half, the pile half of the Velcro No, that's not it. I should have pre-peeled this, huh? There, we're getting it, sort of. There we go. Um, a nice way to place this, by the way, is to set it really gently on the other side as you put it down, just so you get it lined up. Okay, and now I'm gonna check it. Um, so the nice thing is the Velcro gives us some uh, latitude for, for where we place things. Um, to get them nicely centered later. So, whoops. And now I'm gonna press this down really strong into there. So you wanna get the adhesive to um, press down into the sort of texture of the rubber. So really press down on it uh, and you'll, you'll get a better um, contact with it than just the sort of surface. Okay, so this may be enough right here. We, we may have to put another piece of Velcro somewhere else on it to keep things from wiggling around, but let's see uh, how that seems. So I'm gonna place that right about there. And uh, let's turn the mask inside out. So we can have a look at that. Okay, I'm definitely gonna need more because it's gonna flop away, so I'll, I'll need another corner uh, piece. But you can see, let's try to get you a good view of that. I've got a lot of lights reflecting off of here. And, all right, I'll try this under the down shooter later so you can see it. It looks really good uh, to me, but I don't think you'll be able to see it. Actually, that camera view might be better. Yeah, make that one a little bigger. You can see him looking around there. Uh, so let's flip this back around and get more, uh, get a little second piece of Velcro on there, right about like that. 
Und this is the part we would edit out if this were a live, not a live video. Watching guy peel Velcro. All right, good. All right, so let's. Uh, I'm going to place that right on the side here, and then I'll be able to place a second piece of the. Uh, pile side there. Now let's see. This this will be a record-breaking speed of getting the adhesive backing peeled. No, maybe not. Oh, it's close. I can feel it. There we go. So let's place that right about there. And again, I'm going to press that down good and strong. Like 30 seconds or so would be ideal. I'm going to do it a little quicker than that for the show, but you really want to hold that down on there. All right, so now, and I think I'll, I'll uh, yeah, that's looking good and it's, it's hanging on there. What I'll do for the other eye, just to play devil's advocate, is use some uh, double stick tape. It's another option. Uh, it's also a little quicker. So we'll cut a couple strips of this tape and Again, we get to fight some backing. Here we go. So place one piece up there, one piece down here. So I'm hoping this works, otherwise it'll be um, hardware time. And whichever works best is what I'm going to put in the guide. I'm writing a guide on this, but uh, we can also include both methods. I think it'll double this up so you can fold that over and get a little deeper reach. Again, same sort of thing. You want to, ah, yeah, you know what? This stuff, this stuff does not want to stick. Oh, this is really not, yeah. I, I don't know if I didn't clean that well, but all right. So the Velcro, Velcro stuff wins. Um, for expediency here, I'm going to pretend that one adhered nicely, and we'll just look at the one good side. Uh, and there we can see. I'm hot enough that I don't think I'm going to put this on. <laughs> Let's bring this over now to uh, the down shooter so you can see it a little better. And I'll tell you what, I'll go small there and big down shooter here. Move this keyboard out of the way. All right, and there you can see it. Um, I don't think it wants to focus at the moment, so I'll try to move this. I'll drop. There we go. That's pretty good. So you can see we got this nice creepy fish eye looking around. Uh, oh yeah, it looks good. It looks better on my screen there. Um, so that is our project. So I'll, uh, I'll experiment around with some other methods. You might also be able to try things like magnets if you embed um, from the inside, use some Sugru or some epoxy to put some magnets on the inside and then some uh, screws through the board. Um, might be another way to, to get a nice connection there without having external stuff. Uh, you could probably epoxy in the, the nylon um, standoffs and screw those in as well. So those are, uh, those are some options. I'm going to hide me for a second so we can just appreciate this weird looking fish. Uh, that is our friend uh, Frank the Fish now with realistic, bizarre eyeballs. 
Um, and so I hope that uh, inspires you to maybe go ahead and break apart your uh, monster mask and uh, you can always use it. Uh, just, just the only thing you're going to lose is that ability to use the little capacitive touch dot in the middle. Um, but otherwise, it's, it's kind of a nice option for doing synced up eyeballs. Uh, they're, they're still going to follow the code because they're, they're fully synced with each other, which is much easier than some previous versions of this uh, two eyeball uh, sort of thing that we've had. Um, so I will, uh, I'll call it there. Um, let's check, check in with Discord for a moment before we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, maybe the mask is made of silicone. Have you tried inserting the plexi-mount adapter between the lens and the inside of the mask before gluing? Yeah, um, see Grover, that's a good question. So, so the, um, the plexi-mount is this guy right here. Um, and so if that goes on to, where's my other, did I already lose it? Oh, there you are. Yeah, so if that goes on um, on top of the lens, this is a lens that was experimenting with some of the uh, gluing techniques. Let me peel that off. So we, we essentially place this on top, this sandwich is here, uh, then we have um, screws that go through and then this could pop out. And that might be a good way, that might give us more surface area. Uh, you could also potentially glue this on uh, and you'll have screws coming out that way. So that's a, that's a great idea, I'll give that a shot as well. Um, so let's see, uh, I think that's all. Yeah, so thanks everyone uh, for stopping by. And uh, I am gonna turn my air conditioning back on and try to survive this heat. Uh, thank you for stopping in. Uh, don't forget, you can still subscribe to the next Adabox. Uh, Data Box 13, our Halloween edition. Um, and also, if you're going to be heading on over to Adafruit and you want to get something from the store, don't forget our coupon code today is Walleye, and that's going to get you 10% off. Uh, well, thank you very much for Adafruit Industries. I'm John Park, and this has been John Park's Workshop. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>